0: Welcome to a special episode of the Orange, Black, and Beyond podcast. Uh, It's July 9th, 2020. Um, It's been a while since we've recorded, but we'll record. Yeah, Yeah, it's been (laughs) a while. Uh, This is Brian, uh, class of 1996, with my partner, Pete. Hey, I'm
1: uh, Pete. 1993 for me. uh, We like to talk about beaver sports. Um, but as the name suggests, Orange, Black, and Beyond, there's a lot more Beyond these days, Brian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
0: Uh, it's, all, it's all about the Beyond right now.
1: Yeah, I think Beyond is kind of where we are. we got the pandemic, of course, which uh, cut all, all the spring sports short and made an impact in the uh, fall sports as well. As in uh, the winter sports weren't even done yet.
0: No, uh, no they were So not.
1: it's kind of strange times, huh?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely strange times. Lots going on with the COVID 19. Um, and then in the midst of all that, um, several tragic instances. Uh, so there's a big resurgence of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. which I think is a, you know, hopefully we're reaching a tipping point in that movement as well. Um, and I was really glad, you know, with the, on both fronts, like the NCAA and sports in general, like um, covering COVID first, the NCAA took really, it, early steps to protect the athletes and fans. Yeah. So, you know, it's difficult to cut the season short and cancel seasons. And I know, you know, spring sports were granted extra year of eligibility and unfortunately not so for the winter sports, but it's good to see the NCAA take that step.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they were perhaps in the minds of some people overly cautious, but, you know, what harm is there in being overly
0: cautious, really? You know, that's... Ah. That's exactly. the important thing. Unfortunately, right. of a lot of people view it that way, but, uh, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, it.
1: and it is great news for baseball fans, yep. the extra year of eligibility, yep. especially like for OSU. If I understood Instagram correctly, I'm still not great with social media yet, but, you know, that's that's not my generation. But um, if I understood IG correctly, uh, Jake Mulholland, the left handed pitcher who was just critical in the Beavers winning the College World Series in 2018. He won game two, or closed game two, I guess you could say. Um, he's going to take advantage of that, come back for another season. Um, don't always understand IG, but I think that's, that's yep. what I got from that, and I hope some other athletes are able to use that for their sports and also to reach graduation. Another um, Beaver aspect of that, actually, Kevin Abel, Uh, who won game three, saved game two, won game three. That's what what Abel did. Um, He will – he'd technically be eligible for the Major League Baseball draft, but because of his injury, he wasn't able to play in 2019 or 20. And uh, But now for him, if he has a 2020 season – or sorry, 2021 season that's not great – he doesn't have to just, you know, fold up the tent. He can play another year in 2022 if he wants. So, yeah. you know, and I'm excited about Kevin Abel coming back, too, just unrelated. But, uh, and yeah. plus it'll, I think, help um, a lot of players reach their graduation date because sometimes, because of the full time de- dedication to sports, the academics can lag a little bit. And this might give them a chance to leave school with the degree at the time their sport eligibility is complete. So Yes.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, right? Yeah. super important. So, you know, I feel really bad, particularly for the uh, winter sports teams. Yes. uh, Especially those seniors, you know, the time the announcement came out, it was right before the NCAA tournament was about to kick off. Yep. Um, So, you know, we didn't get to see basketball hit their stride. I was really thinking women's basketball, they were hitting – a really strong, you know, coming together and starting to play at their peak the last couple of games in the season. So I was yep. really thinking they were going to have a deep tournament run. Yep. Uh, gymnastics was doing really well, and yeah. the Pac-12 tournament got cut out, and no NCAA tournament. So you know, um, you know, people just can't—they're not going to be able to compete, unfortunately. So.
1: Yeah, and as far as the sports go, I mean, the elephant in the room remains the COVID-19 situation because it's still, I mean, spring football practice got canceled and it's still going to have a say in what future athletic seasons look like and how they are carried out. You know, right now, uh, football season is supposed to go as normal as possible, Uh Um, September 3rd season opener for the Beavers, but there's... There's still a lot of miles between now and then, you know, if if the numbers keep trending poorly, uh, the cards may get shuffled. And a lot of that I think we're going to see, you know, uh, watching the Major League Baseball and the NBA, how that plays out for them. The kind of uh, infection rates they have and that kind of thing may influence college football and not just at OSU, but, you know, at the
0: but nationwide.
1: Yeah, Yeah, lack of a better way of putting it, the big-time programs, your SEC schools and that kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah, what has been missing from this, uh, really, unfortunately, from the federal level on down, is that this isn't about athletics and it isn't about the money that they generate. It's a public health crisis, first and foremost. And that's kind of what puts the FBS football schools in a pickle uh, because – if their regard for the health of their student athletes is genuine and i believe it is for the most part yeah. uh, it, but if the numbers continue to trend poorly canceling seasons or cutting them short remain a, a possibility and and actually if necessary an intelligent solution but because college athletics are just a massive, <laughs> massive multi-billion dollar business they have to weigh does the risk to the students in the care of and or technically, I guess, in the employ of the universities become secondary to profit? And, and if so, where does that leave us as a society, as fans, uh, players, mm-hmm. uh, parents, the whole thing? And and that's something well above my pay grade to figure out. But um, it seems like, like, you know, the bubble league, NBA, short season, MLB, that's going to go a long way in figuring out how sports play out.
0: Um, you know, I mean, absolutely. Awful. Yeah. I'm- So far, I think the only sports that are going are more individual-based. I mean, there's teams involved, for sure. UFC has been going, um, and racing started up, like Formula One racing started up. UFC
1: has been been amazing. Um, Golf is actually doing pretty well, too. Yeah. Uh, is actually getting people to watch golf. I I can't even. I don't watch golf. I admit. Ever since Tiger Woods stopped being Tiger Woods, I stopped watching golf. But there's apparently a guy on the tour now. He's like uh, about my height, and he's 240 pounds of just nothing but muscle, and he hits the ball a mile. He's like. Averaging about 375 off the tee, so he has to. If they're playing a 390-yard par four, he has to wait for the people on the green before he tees off. You know, it's a it's a whole different thing. So that that sport could get interesting. Um, but uh, you know, we're hoping for football um, more. Ne- and and uh, as, yeah. a, as an alumnus of OSU, um, you know, off the field, we've got some special stuff going on. You got uh, Mike Haas and Ken Simonton, two legends, uh, both nominees for the College Football Hall of Fame. The announcement gets made, I think, January or February of next year, but they're both on the ballot, and these are two just absolute legends, and um, there's going to be a special ceremony for the 2000 team um, at one of the home games this year, but, you know, again, that remains to be seen. But, uh, like, Simonton, when he finished, he was pretty much He was the record book, you know, not just for OSU, but actually the Pac-10 at the time. 5,000-plus yards, three consecutive 1,000-plus-yard seasons, which I think at that time only five or six players in the history of the conference had done that. Um, Following his junior year, he was considered a very serious contender for the Heisman, but the 2001 team kind of took a big leap backward after the magical 2000. season and uh in that one the beavers almost went undefeated just a couple of bad plays at washington and they would have gone 11 and 0 but uh, simonton's been visible in the program and that's the other thing that coach smith has been bringing back which is great the um, people that are were there in the successful times whether it's reaching all the way back to the giant killers or Just like uh, Simonton's been around, he'll speak to players. They show videos of him and he talks about what it means to be in Beaver football. Uh, 2000 team, like I said, going to be honored at halftime. Maybe. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Uh, Mike Hass, of course. What an amazing receiver. Uh, Hometown kid, much like Coach Smith, though. He was a walk on. Uh, Even though he was the most dominant offensive player in the state of Oregon in 2000, he's on the Jesuit team. Uh, from Beaverton that won the 2000 state championship. He actually caught seven touchdown passes in a game, seven (laughs) touchdown passes in a game. And, um, you know, with all due respect for Derek Anderson, the Beavers quarterback who had a very successful NFL career, 15, 14, 15 years. uh, He was a pro bowler. Mike Haas made Derek Anderson, Derek Anderson, because it was fun to watch. Uh, pre-snap, you'd see Anderson staring at Haas, just locked onto him. Then Hass would, uh, you know, have a corner and two safeties draped on him. But Anderson would go ahead and rocket the ball into traffic because he had that kind of arm talent. And then more often than not, Haas would use his strength and uh, body control to come away at the ball. Uh, guy won a, a two-time All-American. He was a ward winner. Got two shots in the NFL. Wasn't explosive out of breaks. So that kind of... uh did him in, but um hands, feet, the whole thing were great, just you know, not explosive speed. Um, but you know the NFL's a different beast, right? Yeah,
0: the, the NFL combines just like anybody who hasn't seen it, they should watch it and see what they look at. It's kind of, it's just crazy. And so unfortunately so a player like Hass gets kind of undervalued there. because Yeah the, definitely the numbers, you know, he's not quote unquote, he's not fast enough, quote unquote, he's not tall enough, whatever. Right. That, you know, all the stats he stacked up and what I remember are the plays where right? he just wouldn't do these amazing catches like the catch in Washington State. He did with some guy draped over him, falling yeah. down backwards, one arm catch like, yeah, the control sort of over his amazing, body. Right. That stuff's just amazing. Yeah. So I just remember watching that when we'd sit there and watch that, we'd sit there and go, oh, this isn't getting caught, but he'd reel it in. Right. And yeah.
1: Again, yeah, and that's, that's what that, I would remember about him. Definitely. Now, that segues nicely into the NFL draft, though. The Beavers did um, get some guys into the league. Uh, They had some undrafted free agents, and then also uh, three players drafted. Quarterback Jake Luton, he went to the Jaguars in round six. So he'll be on the bench behind a guy named uh, uh, Minshew. What's his name? Gardner Minshew, the guy from Washington State with the awesome mustache. Um, So Luton gets a chance to learn from him. Uh, Blake Brandell, the offensive lineman, went uh, to the Vikings round six. And then Isaiah Hodgins, uh, he went to the Bills in round six. And Hodgins, he might be one of those undervalued guys um, just yeah. because.
0: When I was yeah. watching, I didn't understand that. Um, you know, do you just watch him play. You were expecting him to go higher. So, I, yeah. Know,
1: yeah. And because he's big and strong, jumps high, he has a great catching radius. Uh, 40 time was slow, though, at the combine. 4.62 and a 4.60, I think, in the second one. And there are linebackers and tight ends who are faster than that. But the, the thing is, you know, football isn't just about running in a straight line. He mm-hmm. has great hands, great body control. And uh, Josh Allen, a great young quarterback there. Hodgins might prove to be a steal because he'll be able to uh, make some catches that other players can't make. And, you know, if. Just like with what Luton did, if you throw the ball into the corner of the end zone and you've got a six foot four Isaiah Hodgins versus a five foot ten defensive back, I like those odds. You know, he can yeah. he can kind of be like a, a basketball player boxing out. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So we wish all those men uh, good luck, uh, not just in the NFL, but also again in the weird times in which we we find ourselves. Uh, you know, like the NBA, of course, uh, they had to move their draft all the way to October. Former Beaver Trace Tinkle could still be a second round pick, uh, but failing that, he might go overseas or he could begin his coaching uh, career, which kind of runs in the family. But, uh, and Brian, you're kind of our resident expert on, uh, or fan, season ticket holder, um, hype man of the Beaver women's basketball program. What's, uh, what's going on with that? And, that, uh, superstar Michaela Pivak, how about her future? Yeah, been,
0: um, I did renew my season tickets, um, and yeah, so the WNBA draft was held. Um, Michaela Pivik did did get drafted in the third round to the Dream. Um, was hoping she'd go higher. And again, I think it's one of those things like people, you don't fit "quote unquote" the mold. And yeah,
1: was she five nine or something? And yeah, five nine,
0: five ten. I think is where she listed. Yeah, it out at and you know they a lot of the articles I read they kind of say well she's she doesn't match up well and I was like well yeah but that also means other teams can't match up with her, right? She's yeah strong. She's strong as a for- as strong as a forward, but quick as a guard, and you know. So it, it, it's really crazy. But um, from what I understand, I was watching an interview on the Pac-12 Network, um, or maybe it was one of the other blogs. Um, she's going to sit out the WNBA season, mm-hmm. um, and she was in Idaho with family, I think, with her sister. Hmm. And, you know, she's just going to sit out the WNBA season and it looks like she might be playing overseas, maybe in Spain. Hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I
1: imagine that's affected by the COVID situation, too, because of travel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. You know, it was funny. Like they they first announced like she was going to sit out the WNBA season. And in my head, I was like, you know, because we all know off the court, she does all these great things. She graduated with a, with a master's degree in three, four years in, like, bio, some. Yeah. She, I have, and she wants to be a doctor. And so immediately when they said, oh, she's going to be sitting out the WNBCs, I was like, is she working on the vaccine? Like, I'm, she's working <laughs> yeah. on the coronavirus vaccine. And uh, so, working but, for Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I, where my head went. But it um, sounds like she'll be playing some ball overseas.
1: Well, that's that's good. Um, one other uh, next level situation, baseball note, uh, left-handed pitcher Christian Chamberlain, he was selected to uh, the Kansas City Royals in the fourth round there. Uh, last year, they actually took Grant Gambrell from OSU as well. Every year now, since 1993, OSU's had at least one player. Um, and I think since 2010, they've had at least one pitcher taken every year in the N- MLB draft, which is just a a testament to the kind of program Pat Casey built, and that Mitch Canham's trying to continue. Also, Christian Chamberlain. It was a truncated season, but he was named All American first team um, because he was a great pitcher. Um, he had a less than one ERA this year, so
0: congrats wow. to him. You know, yeah. So congrats to all the Beavers moving on to pro sports. You know, Definitely. wish them the best of luck. Um, so the next big subject of what's going on is the black lives matter movement. And again, uh, unfortunately uh, that we don't want to dwell on the tragic cases that have uh, right. increased the awareness. And hopefully again, we're reaching a critical tipping point in our country to, to really change things. And I think sports can help change those things. And you're seeing yeah. a lot of, um, pro sports take that step. Like the NFL came out and made some comments, um, mm-hmm. WNBA is allowing players to, you know, wear jerseys and promote um, Black Lives Matters and and other social issues that they think are important. So I Mm -hmm. think that's great. Um, I don't know that the NCAA can or will, or I don't know, you know, what restrictions they have or how they how they're going to do some of that stuff. I mean, they've obviously, you know, individual programs have come out and made statements and whatnot, but I don't know, like, what formal Situation is going to happen. Um, you know, and again, we don't want to dwell too much on it, but I did catch a documentary on HBO about student athletes. And that, you know, I do think that it does affect sports, and it's something we should think about. Um, you know, because like you said, the NCAA is a multi billion dollar, it, it yields multi billion dollars for somebody, right? Uh, and these student athletes are sacrificing their bodies. Um, for that and they get a scholarship for sure and they get an education but you know af- short of that they don't get a lot of benefit and they don't get a lot of long-term care uh, right. and so I think when you start to look at the disproportionate um, levels of uh, minorities participating and benefiting um, a, a society or an organization that are mostly predominantly white male administrators coaches and whatnot there's probably some inequity that needs to get ad- addressed there yeah uh, so we'll see i mean we'll see how far this goes you and, know
1: you know it's kind of an interesting thing because like for example you got a degree in engineering yeah um you didn't uh have to have a, a full-time job to get that degree yeah um, But these athletes uh, in all of the sports, particularly the high-grossing revenue ones, um, it's essentially a full-time job on top of trying to keep a class load going.
0: Exactly right, and that's like that HBO documentary covers that. Right, they talk about hey, like yes, we're there for school, but athletics takes precedence. You know, and it's kind of an it's spoken sometimes an unspoken thing that they're there to play sports, not there for academics when, you know, how, you know, the small percentage, you know, the argument being that, okay, well, they have the opportunity to play NFL or NBA and they're going to make all this money, but a very small percentage college college athletes make it in the pros. Yeah. You know, they're like, we talked about, like Kevin Abel had, you know, Tommy John surgery. Like if that, if he doesn't recover, If there's long-term impacts, the NCAA isn't going to cover that, right? Nope. (laughs) And that's baseball. You know, you think about some of these guys playing football, you know, that's very hard on your body. You're you're taking concussions. You're taking all this stuff. And, you know, yeah, you get an education, but is that really going to end them up where they need to be? And is that truly the best long-term benefit for them. I don't know. Right? right. But, you know, it was interesting in that documentary, they said, they, they pulled the students, you know, would you, they were talking about how much money gets put into like locker rooms and facilities and trainers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, they pulled the student athletes and they said, would you want to have that? Or would you rather have money to help your family? Cause many of these kids, right. Come from low income, poor families and their families are, starving yet they get to go to a nice locker room right they're banking on the idea that they're going to make it in the nfl and most of the student athletes were like uh we'd rather have money
1: oh definitely and you know because it's just like if a kid out of high school takes a full-time job of some sort um after school after graduation from high school or goes into the military which also it's criminal what they get paid but that's a the you know different Topic, but they nonetheless have the opportunity to make full time wages. Um, where if a student athlete is good enough to earn a scholarship, uh, well, he or she can, and not all scholarship athletes are full rides either. Yeah. Uh, so they can end up still having to, to pay to go to school for the opportunity to play. And, um, That's that's a heck of a thing. I mean, that's that is a commitment. That's a sacrifice.
0: It it is to your point. It is a full time commitment, full time job on top of going to school, and the average scholarship is about eighteen thousand dollars. So, you know, you can go make more money. You know, eighteen thousand dollars is about nine dollars an hour. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so that's like—is that really what? Like, are they truly benefiting? All like to your point, billions and billions of dollars get poured into collegiate sports. You know, from you know scholarship money to donors to sponsorship. You know, how much do coaches get paid, and all this stuff. So it, you know, it is an interesting question. It'll, it'll be. It remains to be seen if it'll get changed or how it will change. But I do think it does affect that because of the racial divide in sports.
1: And you know, this again. Is a is a golden opportunity potentially for universities to take a step forward into a more equitable system. Yeah, for both the student athletes as well as the universities themselves.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. It's again bigger problems than you and I can solve. Right. <laughs> that yeah. And more. I, mean, I was
1: a communication major. I wasn't even a math major or a business major. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. So, in more local news, as a result, well, I shouldn't say that. No. The timing of the announcement was around the time of a lot of Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. uh, the NA- NASCAR you know banned the use of the Confederate flag, that sort of thing, and which I again I long overdue for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in more local no- news, you know, Oregon State and U of O uh, announced that they would. Um, change the name of the annual rivalry game that we've always known as the Civil War. That's the way I grew up with it. Um, they're going to change the name this year. Uh, they haven't chosen a new name yet. Um, and so, and again, so Pete, what was your initial reaction when you saw that?
1: My initial reaction really was um, you know, I understand the importance of the tradition and everything, but uh, you know, these young men uh, in the football game and the young men and women in the basketball games and the young men in the wrestling programs on down the line right. um, to them, whether they call the game, the civil war or whether they call it something else, it's still okay. I'm in my orange and black and they're in their green and yellow and I'm here to defeat yeah. them. That's yeah. it. You know, it's, that's the bottom still line.
0: I mean, it's still a rivalry game.
1: Yeah. I mean, tradition but, is a wonderful thing in moderation but it also uh you know competition is competition and, and the reason that these athletes are yeah. there uh is to win <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not like they're, you know it's not like they're gonna play they're not it's not like they're gonna not play as hard because it's right. not civil War, right? yeah
1: they took away our name so we're not gonna play as hard now yeah
0: no. yeah i mean my initial view like uh, my initial gut reaction because i grew up with it was like oh this has nothing to do with that blah 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 and and you know I went online and um, which
1: is uh, <laughs>
0: which isn't always a good thing. And I'm a part of some OSU groups that, after reading some of the comments, I had to leave those groups right because, like, as I w- read those comments and then I started to look up facts and started to see, you know, where the name come from and came from and stuff. And there was crazy comments going on. So I was like, you know, so I, where I landed was. Um, like the origins of the name came in the 1920s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, one uh, somebody, a, a coach from West Point, a coach who happened to be a, a graduate from West Point, is credited for saying, "This is the Civil War" type thing, and then newspapers picked it up. And you know, one of the comments online was just, "Oh, this Civil War has nothing to do with the American Civil War," and I, I I don't agree with that because, of course it does. Of course, when they were evoking that name, they were trying to make that comparison because the American Civil War was such a a atrocious, you know, dividing war in the in the country. That was what the reference was, and that's what they're right. trying to make that same equivalency here. It is just a football game, but that's it, what they're ult- trying to do, right?
1: Yeah, ultimately it is just a football game and or a basketball game or a wrestling meet, but um. You know, or, or whatever, but um, yeah, it's it's a little bit a uh, little bit over the top, and um, I didn't do all the homework on this, but didn't some of the uh, former athletes yeah. from both schools so, have something to do with it? Yeah,
0: so part of that, part of that, like I was, so that so what what the reference of where it came from started to change my mind. Um, some of the comments online where people were equivalently making this equivalency to like anarchy and political correctness and that it's going way out of bounds and all this stuff. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, that's not a good perspective. Like renaming a game is not anarchy. Yeah. It's a name change, right? People are dying from a pandemic. People are dying because of police brutality. Like nobody's going to die because they changed the name of a football game. Yeah. I think we can Uh, live through that. We can live through that. And then to your point, the last thing that kind of really set my mind that this is a good thing is that current and former athletes, I think there's a student athlete committee or group or council at Oregon State and that U of O and they approached administrators to change the name. And so for me, I'm like, okay, all the other arguments you can kind of go back and forth on for me, like if the student athletes want to turn the page on the name, then yep. they're the ones that got to play in it, right? Just turn the page. Who
1: are we to right? say from the stands? Oh no, they shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't right. uh, have any any uh, agency over this game in which they have to thrust their bodies into yeah. other bodies at high speeds and exactly. possibly get right. injured.
0: Like to, to your point, what you're saying, like if a, if a young man who's a football player wants to not play in a game that he feels plays tribute to. The American Civil War and uh, the impacts of slavery on our society. And he sits out, what am I going to say? Right. Who am I going to say? Like, it's that simple change the name, right?
1: Well, yeah, and like uh, one of my favorite memories as an alumnus and fan, I went to the 1998 Civil War game, and that was a huge game because the team down the road was nationally ranked, so they could have gotten a a better ball game by winning. Akili Smith was a future NFL quarterback. The Beavers still stunk, but they were starting to show some signs that they no longer stunk. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they were starting to turn a corner, and that was actually metaphorically perfect because of Ken Simonton's 17-yard run into the end zone in the second overtime gives the Beavers the 44-41 win. Uh, What remains the greatest game I ever saw in person, you know, and I was in the cheap seats with a ton of green and yellow all around me, and I I, might have let them have it a little bit, and some of them let me have it back, but it's understandable because I was pretty obnoxious. But, uh, you know, the memory is always going to be there. Will my memory of that game be different had it been not called the Civil War? No. It was a huge win in a rivalry game that ended up being critical for the OSU program and turning around and having the decade they had from 2000 to 2010 where they were a legit program, you know.
0: Exactly. Uh, it's
1: like yeah. That, that's that's the thing. You know, um, I, I, I admit this dates me, but do you know the musical Fiddler on the Roof?
0: I, I know of it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, the
1: main character, Tevia, he's just tied to his traditions of religion and society and stuff. But his daughters keep meeting these men that want to get married in ways that don't fit with his traditions. And But to make his wife happy and to make his daughters happy, ultimately, he kind of has to bend a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Tradition, in the final analysis, is great, but like you were mentioning, the game itself has only been called the Civil War officially for about seventy-five years, and they've been playing it since eighteen ninety-six.
0: Yes, it, and, still, it will uh, still be the longest ongoing. I believe it's the longest ongoing rivalry game in the United States, right? Yeah, it's the oldest, at point. least
1: west of the Mississippi, if nothing else. Yeah, um, and all the great players on both teams who have played in it still have their memories. And like you suggested, they're at home, they're in the stadium, whatever. They're going to call it the Civil War. So what? You know, good, great. Right. But they're not going to be promoting it. It's not going to be promoted that way and advertised that way in the media. Um, uh, they've, you know, come up with some different names. I th- I agree with what we were talking about earlier. Off the yeah. uh, off the air, Platypus Bowl is kind of weak tea, you know. I, I mean, not, I realize they have a, a Platypus trophy, but, mm, you yeah. know um yep. nope. the oregon classic is now the name of a big track meet down at the other school down the road so we shouldn't touch that one um i think about montana and montana state they call it cat grizz when it's at bozeman and grizz cat when it's in missoula beaver and ducks a little bit harder to work with but you know we can figure something out there uh, i like uh and i just thought of this the willamette valley showdown that's that's my um my contribution there uh uh, the late Deandros might have called it the right to live in the state game, which is a little <laughs> extreme. But yeah. uh, um, I, another one I like that I thought of is the uh, the Cascade confrontation, um, the Heart of Oregon game, the Benton Lane Bowl. That's kind of weak, but uh, the House Divided game, although that kind of conjures up the Civil War. But there are so many options out there, and and oftentimes tradition and heritage. That's that's dead people's baggage. It's it's okay to. Put it down and let them carry it. You know. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. So that's but, that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had. Did you have any names for the game or anything like that? No, I,
0: I have not thought of any new names. I just am not looking for. If you know, if they call it the Platypus Bowl, I will not like it. I will still, <laughs> you know, I'll still watch. I'm still going to, you know. A good day for me is when the Beavers beat the Ducks always, yeah. so, you know, no matter what they call the games, that's yep. what I'm going to be rooting for. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not, there's a lot of, like we said, like I was saying, there's a lot of people online that are going over the top, they're going to stop contributions, or, our degrees are worthless, you know, I don't believe any of that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that's a bit much.
0: Yeah, it's a bit much, but, you know, I just want to see, you know, good sports come back, um, yeah. you know. Everybody comes back safe and healthy. Right.
1: Well, and now too. Um, and of course, I don't mean to to harp on football, but um, that's the season that's most immediately coming up. Right. The, the Beavers have some momentum. They lost the Civil War. It was a game they had a couple opportunities they could have stayed in it. And, and so, yeah. but the program has a little bit of momentum. So it feels a little bit like 1999. And so um,
0: it does feel like we're turning the channel. And so eight.
1: as a result, that might make that game more meaningful. And so then if you extrapolate that out, because, right, you know, for the last, oh, since 2009, it's pretty much been a coronation for the, the green and yellow team with a couple of exceptions. But um, this, you know, now with the way that Coach Smith has the program rolling, wouldn't it be cool if they found a new name for the game and the game became a true rivalry again? You
0: know? yeah uh, yeah that's the important part right like it's it hasn't unfortunately for football it has not been a rivalry No, the past couple of years women's
1: so, basketball has been probably the best women's the-
0: basketball like or for sure the state of oregon is um which is i think the coolest thing has been the nexus of women's basketball Yeah, the past couple of years with oregon state and oregon um, it's yeah, always the last
1: place you look. <laughs> yeah, and
0: congratulations to their players. You know, they had a lot of players go in the WNBA draft. I begrudgingly say congratulations to them.
1: Oh, Sabrina Yonescu uh, is one of the best players, players I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're unreal players, and I really think – and again, uh, Satu Sabli went two or three. I can't remember, two or three. Um, I think she's going to be a phenomenal WNBA player. Um and to your point, Sabrina Escu is going to be a phenomenal WNBA player. You know, so, you know, as a, as a Beavers fan, I'm glad those those three are gone.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: um it, but, you know, the rivalry, you know, Coach Graves down there has done a great job. He's got good players coming in. And the rivalry is going to continue, I believe. So you I know, think
1: so. <laughs> and that's been probably the most fun to watch over the last several
0: years. Yeah. I mean, you look at, they've been playing, you know, They've been playing a lot of old games on Pac-12 Network, and to rewatch those games and re- they're amazingly exciting. And if you can't get around rooting for that, then you know I don't really know. You must not be in sports at all, which I respect. <laughs> but if you can't kind of get into those games, it's kind of crazy. Yeah,
1: that's kind of that.
0: Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously a lot less current sports to talk about than usual. Um, yep. Obviously it doesn't mean that there's a lot going on in life. Um, we do need to keep that in perspective. Like yep. there's a lot more in life that's more important than sports and we'll get back to uh, the sports when it's the right time. Uh, students are head- scheduled to head back to class. I know the women's team are back together and working out. Lots of teams are working out together. Um, whether or not as fans will be allowed in the stadiums remains to be seen Um, how, you know, students head back to class, you know, they may be on campus, but are they going to be staying in their apartments? Like, I don't know. Right. That that remains to be seen Um, whether or not seasons will get completed or cut short. Like, right. And we get a football season, but yeah, it may not happen. So, you know, so for now, you know, that'll do it for the episode of orange back and beyond orange, black and beyond easy for you Um, to say. Yeah. And we'll be back again hopefully it was fall sports seasons and uh, you know some more off field issues developed
1: right as it all comes together yeah it's uh, yeah. well this was actually pretty fun <laughs> yeah,
0: this was great uh, yeah so, and thank you for listening and uh go bees uh, go bees